Obsessed Podcast featuring Derek Wilder. Welcome back to the 64 Chess Podcast. I'm here with Derek Wilder, who is up and coming chess player. Uh, I first was introduced to Derek's story. Uh, there's a YouTube documentary called Why We Play, which is all about um, basically the Detroit chess scene. Um, Derek is also a chess podcaster himself, and uh, I guess we'll just get right into it. So how are you doing, Derek? Oh, man, I'm doing fine, man, on this good good Sunday morning, man. Just taking it easy. I hope you're feeling well yourself, bro. Yeah, I'm feeling good. So I guess I want to go right into it. So uh, you've done coaching for uh, Detroit schools, right? Yes, sir. And yes, uh, sir. So could you could you just basically speak a little bit about what your role has been and like the kind of successes you've you've seen from your students? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, just to give you some uh, backstory on the uh, we say Detroit public school systems, uh, we have uh, a chess league. Like we got basketball league and all that other stuff. And I actually am a product of the Detroit public schools chess league. I ended up started, I learned chess in Clark elementary school, fourth grade, and I played all the way to uh, high school. Uh, and I dropped out. I'm be honest with you. I dropped out of high school, but I stayed in contact with my chess coaches. My chess coach was Dr. Grams, Glenn Barnett. And uh, they never let me drift off too far. They was always there for me far as jobs and you know keeping me focused and all that other stuff and they are the reason I end up becoming a chess coach it was an opportunity that had uh opened up for me for uh, a school Chrysler Elementary School shout out to my friend Dominic Johnson he won the Chicago Open a couple years ago and uh Mr. Kevin Fight he runs the Detroit City Chess Club and they pretty much walked me into Chrysler Elementary School and that's where uh I began coaching, I'll probably say 2016 was my first year as an assistant. I could be wrong. In 2017, uh, I took over. Um, me as a chess coach in Chrysler I, in Detroit, I've won a city championship. I won a city championship at 26. And uh, due to this COVID, we didn't have a state championship, but I won two back-to-back -back state championships. Uh, not this year, but the last two years, uh, K-5 reserve section for Chrysler Elementary School. Some of the students I've coached have won uh, national championships uh, and under sections. We've never taken an open section in Detroit, but, you know, that's what we're working on. Highest rated student I have a coach uh, is 1,800 now, uh, but he's in college at the University of Michigan. His name is uh, Mikhail Garland. So that's just some background as far as me. Uh, coaching in the uh Detroit Detroit the Detroit chess circuit yes sir yeah. so you know in I'm from New York like I was telling you before we started recording and in New York there's an initiative basically like to teach chess in all the public schools mm -hmm. uh and it's it's been shown to like improve like students math grades and all this other stuff I'm wondering if you kind of saw with your students if you saw kind of a similar effect on their their like uh willingness to learn and stuff like that by by getting into chess Almost oh, definitely. I can speak on it from myself being a kid learning how to play chess. Like you couldn't get me to read a book. You know what I'm saying? But as I uh, took obsession of the game and love the game, you know, you start reading chess books, uh, Fritz, learning computer, uh, you know, software and all other stuff. But yeah, as me, as a coach, for example, I've had uh, some kids on my chess team 
that has dealt with, you know, autism, you know what I'm saying? And them being in the school, chess calms them down. You know, there's something that they could focus on and it calms them down as far as, you know, reading and understanding. And I've, I've had a few of them that have developed to strong, strong chess players. So chess does play a role, it keeps you focused, uh, your thought process, you know what I'm saying? You can think things clearly. And once they learn to develop them patterns as far as chess, teaching them combinations and stuff like that, they tend to apply it in their life. And uh, yeah, I, I've had a lot of kids, uh, even I said, even trying to be slick on old old chess coach pool, you know what I'm saying? When we go out of time to travel, try to put them slick moves. Hey, coach, you going here and they going there. They will use their mind on you. So, yeah, chess does play a role in development of kids. If it's reading, if it's mathematics, it's just a point of getting them focused. For example, I had a uh, – I started teaching chess at my program, kindergarten. Kindergarten, I'm K through five, so I accept kids from kindergarten. And I'll never forget, I went to a tournament and – uh. The child's mother said, I can't believe you told me my daughter actually sat at a board for a whole hour. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, it, it does have a, a lot of pros, a lot of pros. And I'm big on supporting chess. Yes, sir. Also, like what's what I find like so amazing. I, I didn't have chess in high school or anything. I, I actually started playing when I was like 19, basically. But um, what I find so interesting about um like chess tournaments having played in a few at this point over the board um i'm sure when you're a coach so you're not playing but you still have that's kind of that same anxiety in a way that you know you want your kids to win so like what, what are the kind of emotions that you go through like how, how do you like like motivate your students like you know before a tournament during a tournament like what what does that role like as a you know a chess coach like that see the difference well i'll say this in detroit we have a lot of chess coaches that's not chess players and I'm blessed to be one of the few chess coaches that still play chess. So I always tell my parents, I'm not a chess coach. I'm a motivational speaker. You have to go up there. You have to hype them up. You know what I'm saying? And you have to put it in their head, no matter what the opponent rating is, you can do it. You see what I'm saying? And I always tell my kids, for example, I had a kid, he was about 12, 1200. He played a kid 1600. He knew he was going to lose, but you have to build this psyche up that look, they make mistakes too. And uh, once you get them to develop that confidence and believe anything, you know, the skies is the limit. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as me as a coach, I'm more uh, – uh, they don't give uh, technical fouls and all that other stuff to chess coaches at chess tournaments, but I'm, I'm a real emotional, fiery chess coach uh, for my kids. Any of my students will tell you, I go out to learn from them. I've been uh, removed – I'm not saying I've been – I don't disrupt – but I have to put it like uh, this. Remember the movie, The Blind Side? Mm -hmm. Okay, remember when the coach didn't do nothing like pretty much for the offensive line until he, he got that flag and he just went there for him. And then he was just, okay, whatever. He That's pretty much me. The kids have to believe that you have as a coach or a mentor, the kids have to believe you have their back 100% right or wrong. And uh, once you have that, you can tell them anything. I could tell them, hey, man, H4 is the best move in the world. They're going to believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. You know, like uh, comparing a, like a chess coach in a, in a school to like, a, let's say, a basketball coach or a football coach, I feel like, you know, in sp if it's like a pure sport, you're making plays, you're doing stuff like that. 
Uh, so do you have a similar approach to teaching students? Like, are you teaching them openings? Are you teaching them like instructive positions and stuff like that? Or is it very much just like, uh, like you're trying to just cultivate their love for the, for the game and see what happens? When, when I first started, when I first started, I used to go by, uh, I guess, say the coaching standards. But as I, I've learned, every kid develops and catches on at their own pace. You can have a kid. I've had kids that I've taught how to move the pieces in one day. And by the second day, I was teaching them openings. I've had kids that have struggled to remember how the pieces uh, move for weeks. So you, in my opinion, you really can't just have, okay, this is the blueprint to coaching because you have to adapt to how they're uh, taking this information uh, in. So it's really not no, uh, you know what I'm saying? To In my opinion, and in my case, it's really like, oh, this is the protocol. This is the book. How you teach a kid how to play chess because everybody learns different. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's very true. And um, <clears throat> I guess the the school systems have been online all year. So I don't know if there's been the same kind of tournament or maybe if the tournaments like the, the Detroit public school tournaments have moved online. Um, but, you know, given that there's been this pretty sizable chess boom in the United States over the last year. Um, do you think that that could translate to, you know, more students coming to your clubs and stuff like that or? Well, see, the thing is what happened in Detroit, we have a guy and uh, I'm going to give you his info. You can look it up. His name is Mr. Kevin Fight, and he runs the Detroit City Chess Club. And it's probably uh, the biggest chess club. I don't know about New York because I know New York has the chess and schools program. But I'm pretty sure we're probably one, if not the biggest chess programs in the Midwest. We took a, almost, I say about two, three hundred kids. I say about two hundred kids to the Queen City uh, tournament. And what happened was, Mr. Fight has uh, won national championships, like seven of them at three different schools. He ended up getting a job with the Board of Education, and he put chess in every Detroit public school. So every school has a chess program. So the program is there. It's just getting the kids to sign. And we get the kids, but it's getting the kids to sign up and stay. So every kid in Detroit has an opportunity to play chess. And not only because like we're kids, we I mean, kids, they compete. Like my program is a winning program. My program won a state championship and a national championship before I was there. So you have programs and schools that's used to winning. And then you have programs and schools that's not used to winning. And when you're coming to a program, I don't care if it's chess, basketball, hockey, baseball, don't nobody want to be a part of a losing team because it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. But what I love about what Mr. Fight did for Detroit is uh, even if you at that team and you want to improve every Friday, this is, you know, before COVID at the Detroit, uh, the DIA, uh, all the chess coaches will be down. Like I'll be down there, James Candy, international master to Lachetti, Bill Carden. These players are like 2,300, 2,400. And they'll be down there and they will play all the kids who want to learn how to play chess for free and give instructions and all that other stuff. So uh, thanks to Mr. Fight, he does a lot. And he's a, uh, we call him the grandfather of Detroit chess. So it's pretty much up to what the kids do. We give them all the information, all the skills, all the knowledge, and they just have to take, you know what I'm saying, advantage of it, and the sky's the limit for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will look, I'll look them up for sure. I, I think, um, 
well, in New York, it's, you have like a lot of strong players, but I will say that um, going to the chess club there a few times, there's always really strong players, but the attitude is not nearly as warm as what you're describing. It's very much like, uh, like I remember I, uh, I kind of had, uh, I had a position the, the last tournament I played, which was a few months before COVID. Um, I was sitting next to international master actually who was playing. It was just like some Thursday, like um, rapid tournament. And uh, he just kind of looked at like my position. I agreed to draw and, and he was like, yeah, you stole that. that that's, that's a lost position. I put in the engine after and the engine said it was a dead draw, but um, then I asked him, I was like, well, you know, do you want to like explain why? And he was just like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> very, very <laughs> not warm at all. You know? Well, I, let me pick up. We have that here. See, the difference is in Detroit, the DIA is for the kids. But we also have two chess clubs in here pretty much for the adults. We have all the Kings men. Then we have the Twin Knight Chess Club. Them chess clubs, chess, backgammon. So we deal with that here, but it's separate. Like when you go to the DIA, you know you're finna volunteer and you're there to just develop the youth and all that other stuff. I've experienced that. I, I, I can tell you stories. Uh, of that happened to me, you know what I'm saying, coming up. And you have that in chess. We call them chess bullies, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that particular I am was a chess bully, but you have people who come to the chess clubs that's better than everybody, and they just get a thrill off beating everybody. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to uh, give you no help. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to, you should have did this and you should have did that. So I, I can understand and I can relate to where you're coming from with that, but you can't let that uh, discourage you because they're right. awesome phenomenal and some good you know what i'm saying chess people like i've had a lot of help uh in my chess uh career especially the last couple of years you know gopal he's a well-renowned national master uh jj lane fide master yalan swartz i know you heard of him he's from new york jonathan korblad casa corley uh these are a lot of people uh, they probably don't remember but they've always gave me pointers here and there and all that other stuff so you know you can't let that you know get you discouraged and all that other stuff <laughs> well Gopal and JJ I just started following them on Twitter well you should follow the podcast 64 podcast on Twitter but um mm. yeah I mean they have like a chess camp now I think it was online recently right yeah I'm I, yeah I'm in it I'm in it so it's a, it's a good good uh great chess camp and if you just get some people some back history on JJ Lang JJ Lang is a strong expert I believe he's from North Carolina, but he travels. He's been in Chicago. I think he's in Nebraska. Very, 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 very strong player. High 2100 player. Uh, got a great uh, sense of chess, positional, you know what I'm saying? Positional chess opening. I've played uh, many chess games with him online, uh, Twitter, tweet, you know what I'm saying? We go back and forth. Gopal, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Gopal is. He's really like grandmaster strength. He's like an opening guru. He has a USCF blitz rating of like 2,500. I mean, y'all saw him post the games where he didn't beat Nigel Short, all type of GMs. So, yeah, they have a good, good background pedigree of chess. And that, that camp is uh, very, very, very dope and awesome. Yes, sir. Are you uh, are you trying to – I know we spoke about this a bit before we started recording, but um, I guess just for the podcast, are you trying to become a national master? Is that something that's been on your mind, especially, you know, over the last few months? Okay, well, I get that question a lot, even on my podcast. So I'm going to just give you some history on me. When I was 17, I was uh, top 100 in the United States. I was 17, 
when I was 1750. And at my age group during that time, I was like 96, 97 in the country. I stopped playing chess for 10 years. And I came back to chess at 27. I was 1700. And uh, I had to learn chess all over again because chess changed. Uh, the older openings, new lines and new variations. So I got back into it. I've peaked at 1935 USCF. Uh, so... And then when I started, and it's probably going to happen to you too, uh, when I started the podcast, when I started the documentary, I got a lot of help from a lot of title players that's really, really been pushing me. And like you said, I achieved, uh, I went to Chicago, I played the Bliss Tournament. I got a FIDE Bliss rating of 2023. 20, that makes me an expert over the board. I know people don't care about that. But yeah, National Master is is uh, a goal. And I used to, I'll be honest with you, I used to believe it's not attainable. But it is. It is. It's obtainable. I know I'm going to do it. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I've beaten Bullet and Blitz. I've beaten every, even though it don't matter, but it helps my confidence being a 1900 player. I've got games where I've beaten, I don't beat every title player you can think of online. I beat IMs, Grandmasters, FIDE Masters, Women FM. So, yeah, the goal is uh, 2200. And that's uh, short term. So I got a lot of work to do, but first I have to uh, break the expert threshold first. Yeah. Yes, sir. Are you looking for for chess tournaments to play in? Like maybe the Chicago. I know the Chicago Open is going to be is going to be uh, played this year. I was actually even thinking of signing up for it, but um... uh, I go to Chicago Open every year. I go to Chicago every every year. I'm considering it. I just don't understand because I have a lot of friends in Chicago. I just don't know if Chicago and what they're telling me Chicago is not fully open. And uh, just to be honest with you, I would hate to make the reservations on, you know, the entry fee, getting the Airbnb, and then it doesn't happen. Uh -huh. So I'm 50-50 on that. But also, there is a FIDE tournament in Indiana, May the 14th through the 16th. It's, read, it's ran by Bob, uh, Bob Smith. And uh, it's a possibility I could go there. I have to play in the top section. And FIDE rated me, the time control is going to be, 90 plus 30 and i'm probably gonna be at the bottom but yes i am looking for tournaments to play uh this year most definitely most definitely what, what do you think your your main weaknesses are right now as a chess player who's you know trying to improve and grind oh i'm, I'm glad you asked that so i don't know your rate i don't know your rate i'm like uh on on chess.com right now i'm about 19 something it fluctuates okay cool and over the board over the board you don't mind me asking over the board, well, I've only played three tournaments, and uh, my over the board rating USCF is like ten fifty seven. But I mean, I there's no way I'm that 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 weak. Yeah, don't 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 be ashamed, bro. No, I'm just saying, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Uh, so, uh, when I first started playing chess, I was a very tactical player. Like me and James Canney, Chris Sims, Joseph Gadsden, Randall. It was a group of us. And uh, I've been knowing James Candy since he was little, since pretty much elementary school. So we've always played wild tactical positions. You know, everybody first chess love, in my opinion, is Bobby Fischer. Because once you learn how to play chess, you're going to see and searching for Bobby Fischer, all that other stuff. So E4, you're playing E4, you're getting wild games, you know, tactical games. But as you develop to a strong player and your rating starts getting higher, you realize that the top players play more positional chess, slow grind down chess. 
get up one pine, trade off, play for squares. So I really struggled playing positional chess. Like I got to the point where if I got an open position where it's tactics, I had a great chance of winning. But when I got a closed position, I would struggle. So I lost. And that was like, if you play Derek, don't play the Sicilian, you know, a C5 or open game, play a, a slow game, a Carol kind or a French or something or play D4, make him, you know what I'm saying? Wait on that position. And I've been taking lessons for like the last, two, I say two years, and I'm slowly improving, as you can see from that uh, tournament uh, I posted yesterday. So my biggest weakness was positional chess, and I'm uh, working on that. <clears throat> You have uh, who, who, who are you taking lessons with right now, if you don't mind? Oh, it don't matter. I take lessons from uh, it's an IM named Orlando Husbands uh, from Barbados. And then it's another Venezuelan IM. I butcher his last name so bad. But it, I'm just saying his name is Richard Levy, L-E-V-Y. So them are my main, I, I can say, to go to coaches. They're both IMs. And I work with them. Uh, I try to see him twice a month, but I lean more towards Richard than Orlando Husbands because he has a lot of students. Yes, sir. Um, now I, I kind of curious now, um, how did you get into chess? Like what, what, what was that initial spark? And like, how did that like be, how was that cultivated over the years? I know you talked about, you know, the Detroit public school league and stuff like that, but um, kind of like in brief, what, what was your whole chess journey from, you know, being born to. You want to be honest play? with you? Uh, the field trips. So in Detroit, we have a chess league and all you have to do is come top three in the city and the high school, elementary, middle school division. And they went a trip to the nationals. So one year, my best friend played on the chess team, couldn't play a lick. And uh, I'm from the inner city of Detroit. A lot of us are not traveling where, you know, I'm, I'm being 100 with you. Majority of us from a single parent background, parents working. So ain't no extra money for no field trips and all that other stuff for us. And uh, they won a trip to the Nationals. It was in uh, Ohio. Matter of fact, Nakamura, Nakamura played in it, and he won it. This is, woo, might be 98, 99. So I'm like, man, you done left school and got a free trip. You know what I'm saying? To the, and all I got to do is join the chess team. So that's what got me on it. I'm like anybody. I want to win a trip. And once I joined the chess team, I was just on there for an easy ride. But then once they started making play, I just got tired of losing. And I just, you know, went from there studying and all that other stuff. And that's that's what anything, the more you start studying and researching, you love it. And then, you know, I just continue to play from, you know what I'm saying, their own end. Was there like a specific moment um, that you remember where you kind of switched from, you know, just going for the ride to be like, wow, I actually really love this game? Yeah, I could. I, I remember this like it's just. I went to. Uh, I'm like, okay, so when I started playing chess, my elementary coach, her name was uh, Dora Turner, Miss Turner. She really, she know how to move the pieces, but she really wouldn't know chess player, chess player. So I was under her for two years, and my rating was like 500. Chess really didn't get serious to me till I got to middle school, and I had a coach named Dr. Grams, who was a uh, he was a German, he was a librarian but he played chess. His peak rating was like 1975. So I'm still, I'm like Scott Mitchell. I'm riding the bench to the, you know, the rings, the championships. 
And he took me to a chess tournament because he used to come pick us all up in this Nissan small car. And every one of my friends won a trophy that tournament. And I was the only one that didn't get a trophy. And this was the longest ride back to my house. And my friends is just going in on me. Hey, Derek, uh, where you place at? Look at this hardware. You see what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, hell no. You know what I'm saying? This this ain't, this ain't. No, I'm just being out there because my friends is cruel. Like when I go to chess tournaments, we always go as friends and we talk cash money smack to each other. And they was just like going in, like where your trophy at? Or, and then I never forget when I got home, my uh, homeboy got on my mom. Happy to see me. Oh, all of us got trophies. Uh, Miss Jackson, all of us got missed trophies, Miss Jackson, but your son, Derek, oh, he ain't do nothing. And I can remember my mama telling me, man, don't you ever take my money out there wasting my time. And you know what I'm saying? And that that's what changed the whole concept of me. Like, man, it's time to get serious. This won't happen no more. And I remember my mother telling me, don't you ever go out there no more and be the only one. Don't come back with no trophy. <laughs> True story. <laughs> so are those, are those trophies uh, in the back of your, uh, your room right now? Is that? Yeah, uh, these is, uh, this is where I teach chess, but okay. So these are three trophies. Uh, this is a uh, Tucson, Arizona Nationals. Was, Nationals, ooh, this kind of old. The Nationals was in Arizona, and uh, my school came in ninth, and the K K through nine open. This one is okay. This both of these are from Tucson, so it was two teams there. This is uh, we came in ninth, and the K through eight under seven fifty section. The second team, and then this trophy back there is the state championship trophy. I played on uh, Ronald McNair, and uh, I was there for three years. And out of three years, we won uh, two state championships. We won in uh, two thousand and two thousand two and two thousand three. So them just like my keepsakes. Yeah, you got to travel though. That's that's sick. So you went to Tucson. Where where else did you get to go? You know, as, uh, as a young, I think young I, I don't get me wrong. I started playing. I think I can almost tell you every nationals I went to. So let me think. I went to Ohio, the Nationals. I think that was in 99. I went to Arizona. That was in 2000. I've been to Louisville, Kentucky, because the Nationals was there. I've been to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. I've been to uh, these just the Nationals. I've been to Dallas, Texas. The Nationals was there. Okay. I've been to Milwaukee because the Nationals was there one year. Uh, the last three years since I've been the coach, the Nationals been at uh, Nashville, Tennessee, been there. Trying to think, St. Louis. Yeah, I, I didn't. Philly. I went to the World Loop. I mean, that's as I got an adult. But yeah, I've I've done uh some traveling, not a lot of traveling. But probably still more than I mean, most most people get to do through chess and uh. You know, as grown up. Yeah, I want to go to the St. Louis Chess Club. St. Louis Chess Club, Marshall Chess Club. I have to do that before my chess career is over. Yeah. Well, I I hope you have a you know a very long career in chess. I mean, I can tell you that the Marshall is is one of my favorite places that I've ever been to. If, if, if for for somebody who's like a chess fan, uh, even if even if you just like don't know anything about chess, but you you know some people just like really like studying the chess history. There is so much history. All the bookshelves they have all these things from like Capablanca and Fisher, like there. Like some some of their like memorabilia, the one of the tables on the the top floor tournament room mm-hmm. is like the one that Magnus Carlsen played against uh, Karyakin in the 2016 championship in New York. They got the table, so like 
I played a game on that table. I mean, okay, it's just a table, but it's like, you know, that's Magnus Carlsen. It's the, it's the world championship table. That's pretty cool. I mean, for a chess table. Yeah, that's sweet. Really get better than that. Yeah, you know, so um, it's very cool. I, I definitely think, you know, you, you know, New York is kind of a, it's kind of a, it's a hard place to just say, you know, I'll go here on a whim for a couple of days, you know, hotels are super expensive and whatnot, but it's, I, I will say for a chess fan and all, of course, you know, Washington Square Park, you got, you, you got guys playing chess there all the time. I'm sure you could, you could probably surprise some of the hustlers there. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's a very different, very different culture, but uh, it, it's one of the best places. And I, I myself, I also really want to go to the, uh, the St. Louis chess club. I'm, uh, yeah. I think that, you know, it's, it's the fact that St. Louis of all places has really become like the chess capital of America is, is very interesting. It's a lot of investment, but yeah. So you also, you also do a, a chess podcast. Um, yeah, I do. I, I do a chess podcast and it's not the normal chess podcast. <laughs> yeah, I do a chess podcast. It's called the Detroit Chess Killers. So how does that, um, so how long have you been doing a podcast for? Who are you usually like bringing on your show, if at all? Oh, I didn't have some uh some people on my uh chess podcast. I've had uh title players, I've had Fide Master Elon Swartz, Tulia Shetty, International Master Casa Corley, Fide Master Josh Colas, uh, Fide Master Matthew Stevens. I've had IMs, FMs. I've never had a grand master on there, but I've had my share of international masters, Fide Masters, but the difference. I ain't going to say my difference. Another thing I like about my podcast is I don't always interview uh, title players. I have a lot of podcasts where there's players 800, 1,000. I let everybody come on my podcast to tell their stories and, you know what I'm saying, platforms and all that other stuff. And we talk, it's pretty much about chess, but we go off into music, sports, we crack jokes, uh, arguments, and all that other stuff. So uh, I like it. And I'm probably going to, uh, work on enhancing it and all that other good stuff so it's 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 pretty dope it's pretty dope yeah i mean and uh james canty told me that you want to like it it's kind of uh it's kind of blew up recently uh yeah i mean i don't know what you call i'll be honest with you i don't know what you call blowing up like i i really don't know i'm looking at my stats uh right now because i got my iphone so I have, uh, I think I have 64 episodes, and right now I have 12,000 plays. Wow. 12.8. I don't know if that's blowing up because I don't know what's the numbers. To me, I just do it because it's fun, it's refreshing, and it's entertaining. So I don't know if it put like this. It might have blew up locally, but it's not like uh, – What's the name? Perpetual podcast. Yeah, I think that's the that's, that's <laughs> yeah, we're all in yeah. shadow. Yeah, it's not like nowhere near where you know what I'm saying. But it it put it like this. I've been to chess tournaments and people have came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, I listen to your podcast and all the other stuff." So that's that's flattering. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you my, my chess podcast is three episodes. I've had 81 plays, so I don't have nearly the same same kind of ratio as you. But, you know, we grow. That's, that's, the, whole, that's the whole point. Stick, stick to it. Stick to yeah. it. My, my, my advice is stick to it. Be consistent and have good topics. And Because uh, when I first started, my first episode took like two months to get 100 plays. But I stuck with it. And uh, it continued to continue to grow. And don't be afraid to reach out to players. You know what I'm saying? 
I like I reached out to Heinz Neiman, Grandmaster. A lot of players have told me no. You know what I'm saying? And it don't bother me. I just tell them, okay, you have a blessed day. Keep it going. I just keep doing the work. So it'll keep on picking up for you. Trust me. Trust me. It will. Yeah. I've had a lot of no's. <laughs> yeah. I've sent like, I've sent like 30 emails to, to grandmasters, streamers, international masters, a lot of no's, but you know, every now and then you get somebody who says yes. And that's, that's all I'm at. That's why, I mean, when, when Kenty said he'd come on the show, I was like, you know, cause like you know he's 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 even he has like his own chess.com bot or whatever and i was very grateful for that because you know that's uh you know that's something that i i've still i think i think you know of course he's the most popular episode of my so far but it's it's not for not for no reason i mean he's a very charismatic guy and you know he, a, he did, a, did a lot to help yeah. me yeah got a big following uh <laughs> we're all from detroit if you reach out to anybody from uh detroit i'm gonna tell you a guy his name is brian wilson uh, he's real great. You know, it's a lot of people that will tell their stories. Reach out to J.J. Lang. J.J. Lang will come over here and uh, break stuff down to you, no problem. You know what I'm saying? But I know how it feels starting off. Just keep listening. I'm going to tell you this. This is what we talk about. I reach, I'm not going to say this guy's name, but he has a YouTube page. He was doing tutorials, all type of stuff. He got about, I think his YouTube page is monetized. All He's a national master. I reached out to him when I first started the podcast. It's a true story. He gave me the politest no, but the way he said it was like, why I took it was, why should I come on your podcast? You haven't done nothing. So a year later, uh, my biggest podcast is when I got a Tulia Shetty. I got a Tulia, and then I got Yelan Swartz from New York. I know you're familiar with Yelan. He's a FIDE master from New York, and he also won a World Series of Poker bracelet. So after I got him on it, the podcast picked up. He reached back out to me to be the same guy who rejected me to get on my pod. I told him, hell no. Why? Why? You see what I'm saying? Why? So I'm the type of person, I don't care what it is, I'm going to support it because you don't know what it can grow to. And I try not to burn no uh, bridges. You know what I'm saying? Networking is key. But it's going to happen to you. It's going to be somebody that rejects you that's going to reach back around and you're going to have the ups on them. Yeah. <laughs> So you say are you you're also a sports fan? Big sports fan. Is it like all Detroit sports? No, no, no. Actually, uh my family, my father's side of the family, they're off in North Carolina. So I'm a big my sports is all crazy. So my whole father's side of the family is from North Carolina. So I'm a big North Carolina Tar Heel basketball fan. College football, I'm an LSU fan. Basketball, I'm a Pistons fan. But my, my sport is boxing, because I tried to box. Ah, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I love boxing. So maybe you you could become like uh, America's greatest chess boxer. I tried. I tried boxing, but it, it wasn't for me because mm -hmm. I started late. I started training late, and uh, when I was about to sign up to fight my first amateur, no, we was gonna skip amateur and go pro. And I found out they was gonna pay me five hundred dollars to fight my first fight, and I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and get beat up five hundred dollars and have to give my trainer ten percent. It was time for me to go back to the chessboard. <laughs> yeah. <Damn. laughs> I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I think for five hundred dollars, I probably would have agreed to get beat up, but you know. I ain't taking that abuse for five hundred. I could go flip some burgers <laughs> and make five hundred dollars. I'm you're not putting your hands on for five hundred. <laughs> Maybe two grand, a thousand, but yeah. five, no, couldn't do it. Not for four rounds. Mm-mm. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, I, I also, I do want to talk a little bit about, about chess stuff, uh, for a bit, you know, I, I'm wondering like, is there, is there opening that you've been playing recently that you've been like, wow, this is sick, you know? Oh, uh, I'm be honest with you. My biggest rating jump, and this was back in the day, I went from, you could check it. I went from like a thousand to like 1700 playing the max lane attack. I don't know if you're familiar with that opening, but, uh, when we was coming up, everybody in Detroit, scholastically answered E4 with E5. And it was a book, Bruce Pandafini. It was called Traps and Zaps. It had all these weird traps. So that opening during that time saved me from doing a lot of studying. Because I know, like, somebody on 2000 played E5, I'm going to win. So I would have a lot of 15, 20, 25 move games just off simple combinations. So that's when I was a kid. Since I've, I'm an adult, I play – it's crazy because me and James County play the same thing. I was playing the Scotch Gambit, a lot of Roman stuff. You know, the Scotch Gambit with white, the Accelerated Dragon with black against C5. This D4, I was playing the uh, Nemozoid Indian, uh, stuff like that. So that's what I've been playing the last – I'll say three years. The last three Chicago Opens and the uh, World Open, them, them being the openers that I have been playing. Do you have, uh, you know, since you talk about Chicago Open or World Open, have you have you signed up for any tournaments? I know you said you're 50-50 on Chicago Open, but, it, uh, like, are you are, – are, I guess, you know, it's so uncertain with COVID, unfortunately. I, first of all, have you – I don't know if it's okay for me to ask. Have you, like, gone to the vaccine Go yet? Or are you uh, – no. no. No, I have – I'm not even going to lie to you. See, I work in DPS, so I haven't got the vaccine yet, but since I work in the school and I'm still working in school, we take a COVID test almost, like, mm -hmm. every week every week and i get tired of that q-tip uh up my <laughs> nose i'm just i'm just being honest with you i know that uh the way they're going because here they just announced that if you're 16 and older you can go take the vaccination by yourself they just announced that and i know the way my job is i'm not saying they're going to make it mandatory but they're pushing it towards us taking the vaccination so i i came to terms with eventually i'm going to have to get it mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to answer your question. But then, you know, once you get that vaccine, probably it'll be a lot easier to, to go to these tournaments, which I'm sure they'll probably be asking for. I know at, at Marshall Chess Club, for example, the only way you can play in the tournaments right now is you need to have proof of vaccination. You know, they don't even they don't even ask for they don't even ask for a negative COVID test. They say they just want they want everybody to be have vaccines. Um, well, also in New York, I think half of the city basically has got a one dose at this point. So it's a kind of a different situation, I suppose. Wow, I didn't I didn't know that because here we have small over the board tournaments. They just take check your temperature and you play with a mask. But wow, that's something new to me. Yeah, no, they they don't want to take any any because I, I think also in Marshall there there is really like a lot of older people who show up there too, and I guess they don't want to take any precautions. Uh, yeah, also like somebody, some my, actually my chess coach is he's a grandmaster, he's an Israeli grandmaster. He just played in the like his national championship. And uh, he said it like they had to do two COVID tests and, you know, there was like the big plexiglass thing over the board so that you couldn't like cough on each other. But um, yeah, I mean, but even still, I think he wasn't even vaccinated at that point. So maybe the vaccine like requiring vaccinations a little, little extra, but you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, that, that is, that is the, the what, what it's going to be. But I, I mean, I'm lo really looking forward to like, I've been grinding chess like crazy over the pandemic. I was like 1400, maybe even like, like high 1300 when the pandemic started and I came out of it, I, I hit like 1970 on chess.com rapid. Like I've, I've been, I've been grinding it really hard, you know? Oh, when this is over, you're going to see a lot of people rating jumps, especially yeah. with the streaming. Um, 
the Queen's Gambit documentary came out when the pandemic first started. Everybody was watching that. So I believe when the pandemic is over and we can go back, you're going to see a lot of people rating skyrocket quickly. Yeah. I mean, also, like, I even think, like, a 1,200, like, now is even compared to 1,200, like, a year or two ago online, completely different. I've never seen anything like that. Like, like straight up, like, uh, I, I've actually had a lot of friends come up to me and ask me to, like, give them some little coaching and stuff to, like, help them improve. And, I mean, I remember being at 1,200. I remember the kind of I – mean, people, the way that people are playing now, just like you said, from all the streaming, I mean, people are way more solid. Uh, they know a lot more openings and it's, yeah, I, it's all that stuff like Gotham and, and Hikaru and, and those guys who've just been like, you know, doing a lot of coaching on their streams too, which is great. Gives a lot of people access to that kind of like high level stuff without even having to pay for it. It's pretty sick. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of upsets, a lot of upsets, yeah. broken hearts and tears when we get back to over this board. Speaking of upsets, uh, what is, what's been you, what was your biggest upset over the, over the board? Maybe even online. Who's the biggest upset you've ever had? Biggest upset over the board. You can look it up. I went to the, uh, Detroit. We have a city, a tournament called the, uh, action and it's game of 30, no time control. I went there. I was 1750. I left there 1850. I gained a hundred points. I beat, you can look it up. I beat three experts. Let me see. I beat, no, I beat William Reed. He was 2000. Right, I beat him. I drew with another 2,000, and then I drew the IM. He was 24-17 the last uh-huh. round. And uh, that's my – I had a performance rating. This is so crazy. I had a, you can look it up. I had a, They gave me a candidate master north. I had a performance rating of, like, 2,300. And uh, they flagged my stuff. USCF won't know as I cheat all type of stuff. That's, like, my biggest – I gained 100 points. I went from 1,750 to 1,850. And I'm going to tell you this because this may happen to you, too. When you play chess and you're you're going to you've been playing a lot of chess, you're going to develop a lot of rating points. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. And then you're going to hit what I say is the wall. When I got to eighteen hundred, I was eighteen hundred for like two and a half years. Like nothing I could do would go right, because once I got to eighteen hundred, I'm always in the open section. So it's like that's where it was like I was eighteen hundred for like two years. I would. Get to 18, I dropped, I went to 1850, I dropped from 1850 to 1812. I would just go back and forth. And that goes back to me learning positional chess, where I eventually cracked 1900. And now I'm at another wall again. You see what I'm saying? I've been 1900 for like a year. I went to 1935, that was my peak. Then I had dropped, I went below 1900. Then I went back to 1900 again. I got back to 1913. So uh, you're going to have that. And that's why I say I had to learn chess all over again, because now I know when I go to a tournament, majority of the time I'm going to be, because in Michigan, it's either over 2000, under 2000. And that's how majority of tournaments is in the Midwest. So when I go into a tournament, I'm pretty much knowing I'm to play everybody, expert strength and higher. Online, my biggest upset, I beat a... I beat a GM and Bullet. I, I like 3-1 them. And it wasn't like 3-1, oh, you was beating me and I, my flag fell. It was like, no, I was putting some combinations uh, down on them. And I still have that uh, game, uh, game save. I've been – the highest I've ever been on lead chests, I've been 2,300 Blitz and Bullet. Chess.com, I've been 2,200 Blitz and Bullet. I'm 2,200 right now and blitz on chess.com. I dropped under 2,200 
uh, bullet on chess.com, but you know, chess.com yeah. had them lagging problems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how it is for me. For bullet, I would not play on chess.com for sure. But do you have a preference generally, Lee Chess or chess.com? Does it matter to you? I prefer to play on Lee Chess. I like the interface. It's easier to me, and the lag is not that bad. Like, I can pre-move, and my move will register on chess.com. I can pre-move and still lose on time. So I play way a lot more. And when I was screaming, I scream. I got to get back to streaming. I scream particularly on uh, Lee Chess. Yeah, I was actually going to ask uh, if, if you've ever been into streaming. Why do you stop streaming? Just like a time thing? or? Oh, actually, I was streaming. And what happens is I do this YouTube show called Checkmate Double. And it's, I set it up. I use the StreamYard program. And it streams to my Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. But I'm going to get back. If you, like, if you go to my Twitch, you will see me streaming. But my show be on there like yours live but i'm going to get back into uh streaming i used to do something called dog walk friday i used to sell shirts hoodies and all that other mm -hmm. stuff and every friday i would just play anybody who sent me you know what i'm saying a challenge so i'm, I'm probably going to get right back into that gotcha yeah i mean um i actually i tried streaming for like a month of the pandemic and it's it's really hard I, people make it look really easy it's very hard I remember I had like two people in my in my chat, and that was the biggest my 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 channel ever got. Never got a never got a follower, nothing like that. But it was, uh, you know, keep at. I mean, that's how it was for me. Like the reason I got into streaming is because James Cannon, and I never forget him telling me he was like, "Man, when you stream, it's like you're going like he told me. It looks like I'm talking to somebody, but majority of the time you're going to be talking to yourself." So it took me a while where it's just like I would just be playing chess, talking out loud, and uh. It took me a while, you know what I'm saying, to get like one, uh, you know what I'm saying, viewer. But once I got used to it, you know, when I play chess anyway, I'm I'm emotional. So I talk junk anyway. So once I got the hang of just saying what I had to say, some people like my personality, some people don't. So I would like to say, don't let that discourage. Just keep on yeah. pushing the pieces. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's I mean, that's I think that's the mentality. That's the improvement mentality, right? You always got to keep at it. You never stop. You know, whether, mm -hmm. it's, whether it's school or, or, you know, work or whatever it is, the only way, only way you, you make, make it through things is by pushing. Obviously you Push. can get a lot of help too, but you gotta, gotta get it in here too. Push Before I forget, there's one question I've been asking everybody. I can't, I uh, can't forget. Um, so you have one opening yet to teach to anybody, one opening period. What would you, what would it be? To teach to anybody. You know, strong player, weak player, whatever. Any opening. Any opening. White, black, doesn't matter. The King's Gambit. Oh, word? Yeah. Do you play the King's Gambit? And Blitz. That's that's an opening that I always wanted to play, but it's so dangerous. I just never, uh, I never played it because you really have to it's i mean it's lines where you just sack the knight on move six so the king's gambit is an opening that i would love to play over the board but i'm just afraid to play it so i would love to teach that to somebody but you know just just as much as you're i mean i'll tell you like on over the board i don't know if i'm exposing myself to like potential opponents but i think against this is actually why i stopped playing e4 or e5 i think i was like and i was like you know 1700 whatever i was scoring like 20% win rate against the King's Gambit. Like, just as, just as much as you may be scared to play it, there are a lot of people who are scared to face it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, 
it's 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 aggressive. It 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 is very very aggressive. But you have to know your stuff. And if I was to ever find a student that could take the time and like really, I will I would you know I've I got research on it. But yeah, the kings the kings guy because I I like scrapping chess aggressive. I don't like to play. All born, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, the Kings, the Kings boxing. Gambit. Yeah, boxing. Knuckle up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, Kings Gambit is the closest thing to, to to boxing, I think, as an opening. You know, it's just, you know, Scotch Gambit, too, is I also think is, is very, is, I love the Scotch person. I would love to see Magnus play the Kings Gambit. Oh, he definitely, yes. he, uh, he definitely has games in the Kings Gambit, though. I just, I'm not sure he's played it over the board in a long time. Sicilian Dragon would be number two. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> The Sicilian Dragon was the first opening I actually ever learned properly. The first one that I ever got taught with by a coach, Sicilian Dragon. I, I love the Dragon. I've, I played it in tournament game. I, I love that opening. I always will have a love for that opening. It's wonderful, you know. And Magnus, I, I just watched a game of Magnus played the Sicilian Dragon from like 12 years ago. I just I was like just looking at that game yesterday. So I feel like it's a bit more solid. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, I guess maybe I'll see you on your podcast. Uh, you guys can check out. Uh, his podcast is uh, Detroit Chess Killers. Uh, his podcast, which is uh, also up and coming, he's got a, he got a lot more interviews than me. So check that out. Uh, give him a sub. Are you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts? Where where can we find you? YouTube. I'm on all that. I mean, put it like this: if you want to follow me on YouTube, t- type in Checkmate Double. You can subscribe there. I'm on Twitch as a uh, D Wild Man. I'm on Facebook as D Wild Man. That's where you can uh, pretty much. Uh, find pretty much all my chess material and all that other good stuff. Well, there you go. Heard it from the man himself. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I wish you all the best. I'm rooted for you to become that national master. I'll be, I'll be checking out your games <laughs> and uh, for sure. May help, hope to have you again. Most definitely. And uh, I will look forward to being on that basketball podcast too. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I got you. I got you. I'll, I got you. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks all right. Thanks, man. Be safe and enjoy your day. Yes. Thank you for listening to the 64 Chess Podcast, and I'll see you next week.